glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Give the Lord a hand again this morning. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you this morning. We thank you so much for the opportunity to be together. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. We thank you. You have your way, Father, in this place this morning. Our hearts, our minds are open and receptive to receive everything that you have for us this morning. Father, we've come with great expectation, anticipation. Our hearts are in faith, Father God, to receive what you have for us this morning in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You guys staying up here? (laughs) You can. Be great. Man, I said just play the whole time. You just play while we're preaching. Woo. Well, I don't know if you saw the uh, headline in the Journal and Courier yesterday, but Ebola is no longer a concern. So that's good. And... uh, so I'm just waiting to see what the headline is going to be tomorrow, to see what the national media is going to, you know, take our collective consciousness, our, our, our focus. What are they going to turn it towards now, right? Because they've got to move on to something, right? About two weeks ago, it was uh, Israel and Hamas, and then it was ISIS, and then it was something else we don't even remember, right? There was something in between, but we can't even remember. Then it was Ebola. Something else is coming, Right? This morning, the focus is on the word. Amen. Because that's the good news this morning. Amen. And uh, I want to read you uh, encouraging uh, uh, part of uh, this little book I'm reading uh, by Smith Wigglesworth, Faith That Prevails. It says, as this like precious faith becomes a part of you, it will make you so that you will dare to do anything. Remember, God wants daring men and women, men who will dare all, men and women who will be strong in him, dare to do exploits. How shall we reach this plane of faith? Let go of your own thoughts. Take the thoughts of God, the word of God. If you build yourself on imaginations, you'll go wrong. You have the word of God, and that is enough. A man gave this remarkable testimony concerning the word. Never compare this book with other books. Comparisons are dangerous. Never think or never say that this book contains the Word of God. It is the Word of God. It is supernatural in origin. Eternal. Pam, get ready to say amen. I'm counting on you for a big amen over here. It is, it is the Word of God. Yeah, it is supernatural in origin, eternal in duration, inexpressible in value, infinite in scope, regenerative in power, infallible in authority, universal in interest, personal in application, inspired in totality. Read it through, write it down, pray it in, work it out, and then pass it on. Amen? Amen. It doesn't get any better than that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you all for not leaving once you saw that I was sharing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Our, our pastors are in Tulsa uh, this weekend. Uh, Pastor Pam's uh, granddaughter, uh, her son Matt's daughter, is getting married. And so Pastor Bill and Pam are doing the, uh, the ceremony. And can we see the hands again of all of our first-time guests? I know back here, this family, we're glad to have you this morning. Let's give our guests a welcome this morning. Amen. <laughs> Each of us um, will continue to uh, face situations that may seem impossible, right? And, and if we're not currently facing a situation that seems impossible, surely we all know people 
who are seemingly facing impossible situations. And, and this morning, perhaps, um, you know, you're... you're um, we're going to talk this morning. I believe this is a word from the Lord for us this morning. Um, I'm teaching a, a class in VBI right now called Overcoming Faith. So all of my attention is kind of uh, towards this particular subject right now for the past month or so. But I do believe that this is a word for us this morning that uh, in the word of the Lord is faith to do the impossible. Amen. And uh, God, uh, I believe that... Um, he wants to he wants us to be in position to continually see him do the impossible in our life and uh, whatever that situation may be for you this morning uh, maybe for you it's to become debt free maybe it you know that first step is to get out of credit card debt maybe then it's the car debt maybe then it's your personal mortgage maybe it's a family member's mortgage maybe it's to uh, to buy a house debt free maybe it's for the first time to get out of an apartment and into a house Maybe it's to continue your education, to, to get a bachelor's degree, or, or God has put in your heart to go back and get a master's degree, or maybe to finish your high school education first, or wherever we're at in life, all things are possible. Amen? Amen. There may be circumstances and situations that we look at them in the natural, and they may seem impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amen? You may be here this morning. I know we have several situations, uh, health situations that... that that the medical experts have said this is incurable <laughs> and it looks impossible but thank God with him all things are possible and he can turn it around amen <clears throat> um, he is the God that takes impossibilities and turns them into reality he is the God that uh, the book of Hebrews says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God that the things that are not were created. Amen. The things that are were created out of things that were not. Amen. He is the God that turns dreams into reality and he takes impossibilities and makes them possible so that he can get all of the attention. Amen. Amen. I am excited about the, uh, the season that, uh, that our church is in. And, uh, uh, as, as most of you know, it is a bit of a transitional season here that we've undergone, right? And, uh, and, and so, but I, I'm, we're so excited to see what God's going to do. And, uh, you know, we're believing uh, and standing in faith, continuing to believe and stand in faith that God's going to open this massive door and uh, provide this building that we're believing for. And uh, I'm excited because because like no other ministry that I've seen or been a part of, been coming here for 20 years, it's been a while since I've been a part of other ministries, but, <laughs> but um, we are positioned to see God do the miraculous here. And um, as you all know, we, we were a part of uh, Sudan for Christ Ministries, the Dreamland Children's Home in, um, in the Sudan. And every month for many, many years, uh, we have been planting uh, between five and six thousand dollars a month. Right now, it's about six thousand. Six thousand dollars a month into these children, um, and we're taking care of them, providing education and clothing and food and just really what they need. They have no parents to take care of them, and so we're literally wiring the money every month to Pastor Stanley in the Sudan, and. Uh, and, and they're using it to take care of these kids. And so we're sowing that money into that land. Amen? Amen. 
And um, we are positioned because if, if we were to take, we could borrow, you know, just $6,000 a month and you add in the other things that the church is giving towards and that type of thing on a consistent basis, month after month, after year after year, at least $8,000 a month. It's actually more than that when you consider the other supported missionaries that we're planting seed into, uh, maybe between eight and $9,000 a month. If you do the math and you amortize that, you, we could, we could, uh, certainly afford to go out and borrow between 1.3 and, and $2 million uh, to build a building. And uh, because that amount of money could easily service that debt uh, over 20 or 25 years. But I'm so excited to be a part of a ministry that our pastors have made a conscious decision that rather than go out and borrow the money and service the debt over a long period of time, let's be faithful with the space that God has given us, and let's put that money into the kingdom today. Amen? Amen. And so I think it's awesome because we're positioned to see God do the impossible on our behalf, and he's going to get all the glory. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. The, this morning's word, uh, faith to do the impossible, Mark ten twenty seven. With men, this is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. In Matthew nineteen twenty six, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And Luke one thirty seven, nothing will be impossible with God. <clears throat> four keys, I believe that. Um, four keys for you and I to see God do the impossible in our life, four keys to allow you and I to receive the impossible, whatever that may be in your life, all of us, in these different places in life, right? And uh, so whatever that may be, um, four keys this morning that will allow you and I to be in a place where God can do this on our behalf. And, and the God that we see doing amazing things in the Bible, we can see him move on our behalf today. Amen. Hebrews 13, 8. Uh, Kelly mentioned it earlier. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same miracle working power that he operated in, in the Bible, in the old covenant, in the new covenant, on behalf of people and through people. That same power is alive today. Amen. And it's alive on the inside of you and me. And I'm so glad to be a part of a ministry where we can just preach the word without apology and not try to add our own reasoning to it and, and say, well, maybe not. No, there is no maybe not. Amen. We're just going to take the word this morning and receive it by faith and thank God for it. So uh, Mark, the first key this morning uh, for you and I to do the impossible and to receive the impossible. I just lost my place in my Bible after I'd already turned there. The first key is to believe. Math, uh, Mark chapter 5, everybody say believe. believe, Mark chapter 5 verses 21 through 42, uh, verse 21 says, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, and he begged him earnestly. He said, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So this is where this man's faith was. We saw other examples in the New Covenant where uh, people would approach Jesus, and, and they would say, Just speak a word, and, and I know that we'll, we'll, it'll be done. 
um, this man's faith was in Jesus to come lay, your, lay his hands on her. So he said, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Verse 24 says, Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed Jesus and thronged him. Not a word we use very often today, but I think we can picture, you know, a large group of people all around Jesus. He's walking through this massive crowd. People are pressing up against him. People are touching him, uh, you know, maybe grabbing him. And, and, and there's this big crowd of people as they're, um, as they're walking. Uh, verse 25 says, a certain woman uh, had a flow of blood for 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and she was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. Verse 28. She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Verse 30 is the exciting part. It's all exciting, but <clears throat> verse 30 says, Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to Jesus, you see the multitude thronging you, and you said, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. The woman, fearing and trembling, uh, knowing what had happened to her, she came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Verse 30. Jesus, immediately knowing that in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and he said, Who touched my clothes? I think it's amazing because all these people were around him. There was sufficient power in him to handle everything that every single person needed. There was sufficient power to heal everyone who needed healing. There was sufficient breakthrough power in the Son of God as he walked through that situation to take care of every circumstance, every situation of the people that pressed in around him. But the Bible only records one only records that one received the miracle. And it was who? It was the woman who reached out in faith. She's the one who reached out in faith. She said, if I could just touch his garment. And so when she reached out in faith, it released the power that was inside of him to flow into her situation. Amen. Amen. Other people were touching him. Other people were uh, around him. Other people were observing him. They were a part of what was going on also, but only one received the miracle, and that was the woman who reached out in faith and touched him. Amen? There is sufficient power in him to provide the miracle breakthrough, and the breakthrough comes for you and I when we reach out in faith. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> His job, or, or not his job, but he has the power. Our job is to believe because our faith in him releases the miracle working power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad, Chris, to be a part of a church where we believe this, <laughs> where we don't have to apologize for someone's circumstance and situation and say, well, I prayed for that. I prayed for that situation and it didn't happen. So here's why this must not be true. No, we don't base our faith on circumstances or situations. We don't base our faith on other people's lives, right? 
We base our faith on the Word of God. Amen? Because the Word is sufficient. Hallelujah. He said, uh, verse 34, Jesus said to her, Daughter, my power has made you well. No, he didn't say that, did he? We know he has the power to do it. But the key for her was her faith. Amen? He said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While Jesus was still speaking, now it switches right back to uh, J. Iris. While Jesus was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he was the word made flesh. John 1, 14. Amen. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Right? And then verse 14 of John 1 says, The Word became flesh. And so He obviously knows the power in words that are spoken. And so immediately when He heard that word of fear, doubt, and unbelief, what did He say? He said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Only only believe. Amen? He said, don't pay any attention to the words of those who have observed the circumstance or the situation. He said, don't be afraid, just believe. Amen? And Jesus permitted no one to follow him except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then Jesus came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. In verse 40, they ridiculed Jesus. But when he had put them all outside, and my interpretation of that is get the feared out and unbelief on the outside of the house so that he can only have those who are in faith and believing with him, so that the power of God is able to be released in that situation. When, he had, when They ridiculed him, but when Jesus had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child, because the father was the one who said, come and lay your hands on her. Verse 29. So go ahead and bring the father in. Amen? Because he had faith. He believed. Um, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered uh, where the child was lying. Um, then Jesus took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kumi, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Um, immediately the girl arose and walked for she was 12 years of age and they were overcome with great amazement. Amen. And it transitions right into Mark chapter 6. Verse 1 says, then uh, Jesus went uh, out from there and he came to his own country. Everybody say believe. believe. G uh, Jesus went out from there and he came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. And they said, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. They knew his whole family. And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at Jesus. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Look at verse 5. Now Jesus could do no mighty work there. Thought God could do everything. 
It almost seems dangerous to say that, <laughs> right? He can do anything, but our faith in his ability to do it is that which releases his power on our behalf. Amen? It said he could do no mighty work there because of their hard-heartedness, because of their unbelief. Amen? Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people, as if that's no big deal. Except that he lays his, laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. That would have been enough, but evidently he wanted to do more. <laughs> right? And look at verse 6. Marie, I hope we're never part of this group. It said, Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. Man, if there's one thing we don't want Jesus marveling at is our unbelief, right? Like looking at us as a group and saying, wow, can you believe their unbelief, <laughs> right? We don't want him marveling at that, right? He marveled because of their unbelief. Then Jesus went about the villages in a circuit teaching. First key for you and I to put ourselves in a position to see God do the impossible, for you and I to receive the impossible is to believe. Amen? And uh, Mark eleven twenty two through 24, I know we read this scripture a lot, but it builds our faith. Verse 22, Jesus answered, he said to them, have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. He said, have faith in God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive those things, and you will have those things. Amen? First John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything a According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Amen. Second key, I believe, is um, in order to, for us to see God do the impossible and to make dreams become a reality is to obey. Because if the miracle is happening across the lake, it's very critical that we obey and we get across the lake where the miracle is happening. Whatever it takes to get there, we've got to obey so that we're in the right place for the miracle-working provision of God, whatever that may be in your life. We've got to be in the right place in order to see it come to pass. Amen? And so obedience is the key. Um, in order to see the power of God move on our behalf, to receive the impossible, to do the impossible, we must obey what the Holy Spirit's telling us to do. We must take action. We must add action to our believing to put ourselves in position to see God do the impossible. Um, the book of James puts it, puts it this way. Uh, James chapter 2, verse, um, I think I start in uh, verse 14. He says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but he doesn't have works? Can that faith save him? Now, the definition of that save right there. The Hebrew word right there is sozo, S-O-Z-O. -O. And here's the definition, 
to save, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to save a suffering one from perishing, to save one who is suffering from disease, to make them well, to heal, to restore to health, to restore one who is in danger of destruction, to rescue. Amen. He said, what does it profit, my brethren? Brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? In other words, if someone is standing and believing and God is speaking to them to them to do something differently in order for God to move on their behalf, God cannot move on our behalf if we refuse to obey and put ourselves in the place where we need to be to see him do it. Amen? Therefore, faith without works, faith without action, faith without corresponding obedience is dead. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you, are not, uh, you, you do not give uh, them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Someone will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. I will show you my faith by listening to the Holy Spirit, obeying what he says, putting myself in a position to allow God to do the miraculous in me and through me. Amen? Hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is looking for people to uh, move in move through and uh, do the miraculous. Second Chronicles 16:9 says the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. The God of the breakthrough wants to show himself strong on our behalf. But you and I must be obedient to his voice to make sure we're in position to see him do the impossible. Amen. The third uh, key uh, for you and I, I believe, is to be persistent. Persistent. In this curious teaching, brief teaching that Jesus did in Luke 11. Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 10. Jesus said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to uh, me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. He will answer from within and he'll say, don't trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I think this is awesome because Jesus is teaching us how to approach him. And how to stand in faith. And how to continue to believe in the face of adversity. Verse 8. I say to you, though, though, I'm sorry. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he's a friend, yet because of his persistence. Everybody say persistence. Because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Verse 9 says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. 
One thing is for sure. If you and I are going to receive anything from God, it is going to take persistence. Amen? We're going to have to continue to stand and fight and fight and stand and believe. Amen? Proverbs chapter 12 verse 24 says the hand of the diligent will rule but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Proverbs 12:27 says the lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting but diligence is man's precious possession. And Proverbs 13:4 says the soul of the lazy man desires and has nothing but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Everybody say be about. Be about. Be about the Father's business. The things that God has put in our heart, the things that we know that we're to be believing for, standing in faith. This is no time to give up. Amen? This is the time, man, to keep standing, keep believing, keep pressing in, continue to be persistent, and we'll see Him move. Amen? So, uh, the four keys. Number one, believe. Um, number two, obey. obey. Number three, be persistent. And number four, be patient. And uh, we went, a uh, group of us uh, went to a restaurant not long ago. Marie was there. It's a good time. Want to have some fun? Go to dinner with Keith and Marie. <laughs> we went to, uh, where did we go? McGraw's. Went to uh, McGraw's uh, by the river. And um, what'd you order? Do you remember? You weren't there? You guys didn't even make it, did you? I'm totally dreaming. <laughs> you were supposed to be there. You never came. All right. It's okay. I, oh, you forgot? That's right. We had several couples. I know. Yeah. I mistook you and Keith. You guys look a lot alike, right? All right. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. They're practically cousins. Anyway, so here's the point. You go to a nice restaurant, and uh, depending on what you order, it's going to take some time to prepare that food, right? And um, so I ordered filet that night, right? Oh, tasty, very tasty. So, you know, when I ordered that food, um, the, the key then is, is just enjoy the evening, right? Uh, not to be impatient, not to be restless, not to wonder if it's actually being prepared, right? And these are natural things, obviously, right? And, and, and so you all get the point that, that, you know, at a nice restaurant, you order nice food. It's going to take a while for it to be prepared, but we're absolutely sure that it is being prepared. Amen? And so during the time that it's being prepared, we just enjoy the evening. And then it comes out. Amen? And so as we believe, we pray that we, once we pray... Then we just thank the Lord, and we enjoy the process. Amen? And we wait patiently. And uh, Brother Keith Moore um, used to be on staff at uh, Rama. Uh, now he's got uh, uh, two churches, one in Missouri, one in Florida. And he, he shared this uh, a few years ago. I heard a teaching, and uh, really ha it really helped me uh, in this area. And he said, always stay on God's side. That even in the midst of adversity or in the midst of having to wait for something and stand for something and believe for something and it's seemingly taking longer than it should or longer than we think it should and how come it happened for them and not for us and 
He said, never do this. Never, never put our fist towards God or point at God and say, why me? Well, why isn't this happening? I read that story in Mark chapter 5. It happened for that woman. Why didn't it happen for me yet, right? No, to always stay on God's side. Never put ourselves in opposition with God, amen? But to always stay on his side and just to wait patiently, thankfully, with a happy heart, with, with a joyful heart, with a grateful heart, amen? In humility, thanking him. Father, we thank you. We're just waiting on you. We praise you. We thank you. Our confidence is in you, Father. Our confidence is in your word. We're not worried. We're not anxious. Amen? Amen. So it's this awesome balance between being persistent and being patient. Amen? Persistent, continuing to fight, continuing to stand, continuing to be about the Father's business and get after it and uh, be serious or not too serious, but Diligent is more the word I'm looking for, not serious, but be diligent about the things that God would have us to do and to stand and believe for, but at the same time, with that tenacity, to be patient all at the same time. Amen? Amen. Hebrews chapter uh, 6, verses 10 through 12. Hebrews 6, 10 through 12 says, God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but you imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen. And then Hebrews 10, 23. Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And then uh, Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Amen. The Lord is good. So <clears throat> wherever you're at today... Um, Maybe it's dreams that we've had in the past that the Lord needs to resurrect in us. Amen? And, and that we put these things back on the front burner and, and continue to move forward with those things. Maybe it's some new dreams that, that God would deposit in our heart of, of things that we're now moving, uh, moving towards. Maybe it's an absolute miracle that we need to receive from Him, a miracle healing that only He could do. Amen? We, uh, it's an exciting time for uh, Kelly and I right now because uh, I, I shared in the first service <clears throat> that um, for the first time in a long time, well, about two weeks ago, Pastor, I don't know what word Pastor Pam used, but I don't know if the word was breakthrough, but she said something about, you know, if you need a breakthrough, you're, you're believing for a breakthrough, and I actually was like, wow, this is the first time in forever that we're not having to stand for an absolute breakthrough. And uh, uh, six or seven years ago, we, um, we, we got into a, a real estate deal, a local project, and that uh, we felt good about it going into it. And, uh, uh, and things didn't go as well as everybody had hoped they would. And so um, as the situation progressed, 
um, there was more outflow than inflow, and uh, it was having a devastating effect on our personal cash flow. And it was a very difficult situation for several years. And um, so we were really having to stand and believe and trust the Lord. And, um, you know, so the whole time you're checking yourself because going into those uh, a couple of different projects and some different things that we had done, going into it, we felt good about it. And, and we did not feel a check in our spirit about, about going into it. And, and so I think it was in 2000 or 2008, I was really, uh, you know, seeking the Lord about those things. And uh, he gave me a scripture that, that I was able to stand on um, through that entire season. And the scripture, uh, you know, these people were asking Jesus. It was like, you know, why did this happen? You know, who sinned? Who screwed up? Why did this happen? And, and Jesus said, um, he didn't sin and his parents didn't sin. He said, but so that the glory of God could be revealed in this situation. Amen. And so we really had to stand on that scripture because um, as we journey through this thing called life, amen, and uh, we're all, nobody wants to make a mistake, right? You're always wanting to hear God and, and do the things that he would have you to do so you can be in the right position in the right place. And so, but we had made that move and it put us in a really difficult situation. And so then, then you're loaded down with condemnation thinking, man, I made this mistake that I really screw up and I, I brought this thing on myself and do Am I even worthy of asking God to help get me out of this thing? Because I'm the one who put ourselves in this position, right? And so the enemy's messing with you, making you think like, no, God's not going to get you out of this. So we really had to stand on that scripture and uh, thank the Lord for it. And uh, in December or January, um, this was after five or six years. Um, and, and the situation was such where we needed, I needed some things to happen in order for us to refinance all of our properties and, and take our monthly outflow from like this way down to this. And so I knew what had to happen, but because of the real estate market and what had happened, um, and not even so much in Lafayette, but we didn't experience what a lot of the country experienced, obviously, but it was still, it was, it was still a situation where we couldn't get appraised values high enough to it to refinance everything. That, that would really fix the situation. So in December, I believe, right, we got an appraisal on our biggest property, and the appraisal came in at uh, $1.8 million. And that was several hundred thousand short of what it needed to come in to allow us to refinance. And so it was like, okay, we're just going to have to keep on standing, keep on believing, keep trusting. But um, we prayed about it, and we felt to try it again and uh, to go with a different appraiser. And so the bank that we were working with was gracious enough that they went a different route, and they got it reappraised. And, and so the first appraisal came in at $1.8 million. Everybody say breakthrough. The second appraisal came in at $2.5 million on this property. And so that was sufficient to allow us to refinance everything. And all of the struggle that we had gone through for like six and seven years was fixed like in one day. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. So whatever I also shared in the first service um, regarding another property that um, 
that the Lord really gave us because um, a friend of ours was moving to Florida. Uh, he's got, uh, it's a, a 20 unit property that we have. And uh, I drove down, I was driving down Cumberland Avenue and uh, I'm just like telling you everything. But so I was driving down Cumber Cumberland Avenue and uh, looked at the property and he had just built it. He wanted to go to Florida and I knew he wanted to go to Florida. And so he was trying to get out. Um, he was trying to sell all of his Lafayette properties and uh, but in order to uh, and I, I looked over at this property and I said, uh, Father, if it's your perfect will, we'd love to have that property in Jesus name. I just kind of left it at that. The cash, uh, the cash to buy that property cash down. If you're going to put 20 percent down and get an 80 percent, you know, financing through a commercial real estate loan, the cash down will be like three hundred and twenty thousand bucks. And that was the same amount we had in our checking, not. <laughs> so we didn't have that much, right? So it was impossible. There's no way we were in a position to buy that property, right? But uh, I simply said, Lord, I thank you if it's your perfect will that we have that property. I didn't feel like I was being envious of somebody else's property. I wasn't coveting something that somebody else had. I don't think that was the type of situation that it was. I just said, Lord, if it's your perfect will, love to have that property. And uh, Joe Livesey Jr., um, who is part of our church, I sat right beside me here for a couple years. He's in Indianapolis now, but um, Joe Livesey Jr. called me a couple weeks or a couple weeks later. And he said, um, would you be interested in, 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 he said, why don't I just, I'll give you that property. I'll, I'll carry the debt and then you can refinance it, whatever it works out. And, uh, and so within a matter of month, about a month after praying, praying that prayer, um, we had that property and, uh, and, and that property has been an incredible blessing to our family. Um, it's got great cash flow month after month after month after year after year, and it's, it's been great. Everybody say, nothing is impossible with the Lord. Things that may look impossible to you and I on the surface, God can turn those things around, and they can become reality. Amen? So wherever you're at this morning, whatever situation you're in, if you're here this morning, and the impossibility to you is an, is an $85 electric bill that has to be paid tomorrow. There's nothing impossible with God. If you're here in your $100,000 mortgage, right, you're believing to have it paid off, whatever it may be, nothing is impossible with God. We just need to believe, obey, be persistent, be patient, put ourselves in the right position to see God do great things on our behalf. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand up this morning. Amen. Father, we love you so much this morning. We thank you for your great word. We thank you for the word of faith that's been put in our hearts, Father God. We thank you for all the good things that you have for us. Uh, the, the new dreams, new things that you're taking us to, Father. Our confidence is in you this morning, Father. We do thank you for every precious person that's here, for your great love for them. You're playing your purpose for each one's life. 
all across the room this morning. If you're here and you say, Pastor Dan, my life is not right. Maybe you're here and you've allowed things into your life that you know are not God's best for you. Maybe you've allowed some things into your life that uh, have made you feel far from God. Well, today is the day for your breakthrough and uh, to allow God to minister to you and uh, to allow him to take control of every area of your life. So all across the room this morning, if you'd say, if you're here, you say, Pastor Dan, that's me. My life is not right, but I want to make it right this morning. If that's you this morning, could you lift your hand this morning all across the room? Anybody here? Amen. I see your hand, sister. I see your hand over there. Yes, sir. Let's all pray this prayer together. Amen. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus. I have sinned. I've made mistakes. Today, Lord, I make you, Lord, over every area of my life. Forgive me of all of my sin. Lift every burden. Lift every care off of my life. I want to serve you. I want to be everything you've destined for me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.